I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Hey, Mr. Binks, you know how much I love photography, especially photography about dogs. Well, that's why I was delighted to be invited by the Kennel Club to attend their showcase where dogs were photographed by Rankin himself. And at that gallery, I met up with Aurelie Fowl, who is the owner of the very famous Marcel Lukorgi, but she is now commissionable to take photographs of your dog. Gosh, well, I'm really excited because um, I'm in a cafe on the King's Road, having just been to the amazing uh, exhibition, photo exhibition by Rankin um, in aid of several charities called Dogs with Jobs, an event hosted by the Kennel Club. And I've bumped into Aurelie Four, who's happy to jump on now and have a chat about this showcase, but also about corgis and indeed about her own photography. Aurélie, welcome to A Dog's Life. Hi Anna, it's lovely to see you again. It's so much fun. And how much fun was it in the Saatchi Gallery? It was very, very fun. Also very tempting to say hello to the dogs, but obviously with them being working dogs, I had to ask to pet them and some of them were very happy to be. Um, yeah, so it was very exciting, especially as Marcel, my own dog, is, um, is a therapy dog, well, therapy visiting dog himself. Marcel has really, um, gosh, you know, become an ambassador really for corgis hasn't he yes i suppose yes <laughs> well he's done a lot i mean he is a therapy dog but you've broken boundaries and taken him all over the place i know you've got a trip to america coming up but you've traveled around europe with him and you know you've captured it all because you are also a photographer that's correct. So I've always loved photography and I, when Marcel joined the family, and I've loved travel as well, so when Marcel joined us on our journey, um, I just couldn't, I didn't want to compromise um, between, you know, what I love and him and traveling and photography. So I just got it all together and um, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. And how old is Marcel now? He's, uh, Marcel is 10 years old. And this is something that I love talking about because, you know, dogs are a journey, dogs define chapters. And by the age of 10, that will really resonate with you, does it? It, it does very much. So it's a big part of, you see, 10 years of, you know, life together. Uh, it's a huge part of the family and life as well, and our lives as well. And of course, you know, as we all get older, we all get a bit stiffer. Um, everything's a bit more creaky. Your energy gets a bit less, you know. And this is something I'm going through at the moment with my own little Mr. Binks, who's 12 next month. And um, it's, it, you know, I don't like it. I mean, this morning only I had a panic, you know, so I don't want him to die. Oh, we've got, it's the same for me, I suppose, and he's had, Marcel's had some health issues in the past couple of years, especially, which are breed-related, but also age-related, um, and that just makes you realise that they are getting older and how important they are um, to us, but it's also very, um, I, I often say, actually, it, dogs are great for your morale, for your you know, to calm you down. But they're also, when they become ill and older, it's, it's pretty much having, it can have the other, the effect the other way around. He's, my anxiety has been quite triggered by his health issues and worrying about him. 
Yeah, I can relate, totally. I mean, it is interesting. Yes, dogs are our stress busters, but they do cause us a lot of worry as well. You know, even when they're young, you know, because you're training them and you, you know, might have issues to work through. I mean, how was Marcel as a puppy? He was a very mellow, so I often say, compared to other corgis and the breed in general, what they're known, their traits, he's actually a very mellow dog. Um, he's always been very active, though, uh, because we are active, I guess. The dog mirrors your own energy. Um, I often joke that, thankfully, he took his temperament from his dad, who's the uh, mellow one, rather than from me. Otherwise, he would have been crazy, I think. <laughs> uh, but he's, he was very, he was lovely. He was, um, he was a bit tricky to train because corgis are like that. But also with patience and consistency, it's just, um, yeah, it's worked out. Yeah, he's lovely. I love Marcel. I've been honoured to meet him. Um, and I remember we did have a chat once about feeding, didn't we? And about diet. And I'm just so pleased that you do now feed Marcel on a raw, balanced, complete, species-appropriate diet. Mm -hmm. And how's that going? That's, that's, so this is something that we've done for years now, and it was with his um, health in mind, and we were trying to deal with issues, which are, I did a lot of personal research on nutrition because it was a bit hard to talk to our vets about that. Um, and I just, I just figured, we did a lot of trial and error, and then, and then I just figured that raw feeding was the, uh, was the best solution for us. And I'm not saying it's the one for everyone, but it is the best solution for us. And it's not the most practical, it's not the cheapest option, but it does mean, in hindsight, that um, he goes to the vets less. Obviously, now he's got some health issues that are not related to the feeding, the way he's being fed. Uh, there are things that the breed is prone to, unfortunately. But uh, with the raw feeding, I've found that we are way less at the vets for issues with digestion or illnesses and things like that, um, besides the, um, the, the breed-specific ones. So it's, it's helped quite a lot. Keep the vets away, I suppose. Don't know. So we have a slogan that says raw feeding keeps the... Like an apple a day for, for humans. Keeps the vets away, I don't know. <laughs> Well, yes, I believe in that totally, absolutely. Well, it's not got any inflammation in it, you see. That's the thing. So many processed foods have a lot of hidden sugars and starches, just as they do in human processed food. Um, and once you eliminate all of that, you can keep inflammation, which is the root of all disease, hopefully at bay. But, um, no, explain a bit more, though, about training Marcel um, to fly, because that's one thing I've never done with my dogs, taking them on an aeroplane. Um, so he's actually on, well, he's actually been on an aeroplane three times now, and he's um, about to go um, for a fourth time very soon, in a few weeks' time. Um, always in the cabin, that's something I'm very big on. Um, I personally wouldn't fly my dog in a cargo hold. I feel like it would be too much stress for him and for us. Um, I wouldn't fly him in a cargo hold for just a holiday, especially obviously in some cases, in some in some circumstances you have to when you're uh, relocating but um yeah i wouldn't so he's been trained to be settled it's not really there wasn't really much proper training there was kind of getting him used to things and that especially uh, and being calm because it's very important uh being settled in a crate uh, crate train but like always in a positive way um but yeah no, that's good. It's so important, actually. But I always say, you know, crate training is often the key to so much else. That it, once you've crate trained your dog, then um, obviously transferring, settling for 
eight hours or whatever to do a long flight is going to be very easy for your dog to adapt to and also of course if your dog has to spend a night or two at a vet's then they will be in a crate so um, to crate train is, is such a good idea. It's a very important. So interestingly enough, and in France especially, um, there's a very negative connotation when you talk about crate training, when it's actually a very useful, very important tool, like you just said. Mm. And I often argue about that because um, it's not a prison. I think people, because there is a lot of humanizing of dogs, they see that as a prison. But if it's used properly, if they're introduced to it gradually uh, in a positive manner, it's it's an amazing tool like you said and we've had that before emergency vet stays you're adding to the stress of them feeling unwell and being away from you you're adding the stress of them being locked in a crate and not being used to it whereas you know you obviously can't take the stress away from them being away and and then being unwell but you can have them trained so that at least they're not having that added stress and the same way you're traveling uh to keep them safe as well sometimes Um, it was very useful when he was uh, when he was younger and we weren't able to uh, to watch him like a hawk uh, because young dogs just get themselves into a lot of trouble and he just we we literally puppy proofed the house child proofed the house but um that wasn't enough he actually got hold of a cable it was an internet cable so it was there was no electricity but um um yeah so it's very it's a very important tool and i often and in france there's lots of negative connotations especially in here as well I suppose people are like oh and I'm like well no actually it's very think about it no absolutely I mean the crate thing was quite new and when I got Molly in 2002 my first miniature bull terrier you know I was like a crate what's this you know because it was that's about the time the whole crate thing came over and I wasn't sure at all you know I bought a crate and um Moles was so adaptable, though, you know, she was fine. I just went in it. There was no hoo-ha or anything, and every dog's an individual on it. But then latterly, over the last 20 years, I've really seen why they can be useful. And now, especially in travelling in a car, it's mandatory to have your dog either in a pet carrier, a crate, or a secure seatbelt. So, you know, otherwise you can be fined something like £5,000. So there is that safety angle in travelling as well so I think they're great no so well done on standing your ground on that as well as on feeding raw orally but going back to the brilliant exhibition we've just seen go on tell us your thoughts I, I just love it obviously there's a special interest to me because of the photography aspect of things and I do specialize in photography for people who love dogs because uh, I find that usually people who treat them like family are, are they're fairly decent people usually and so there's this interest uh, I love Rankin's work um, dogs obviously dogs with a job which Marcel is a therapy dog he's been uh, we've been volunteering at a local hospital for the past six years now so it was very it was very lovely and to have the people there with their dogs to be able to meet them talk to them pet the ones that we were allowed to pet the ones that weren't working today um, that was very lovely and he's obviously a very talented photographer so very inspiring as well Yes, no, absolutely, and a, and a great dog lover. I um, did have a quick chat with him, actually, and he told me, I think he's got four dogs at the moment. Yeah, they're all rescue, and um, was very, very passionate about this project. And I think it's great also, the Kennel Club showcasing how dogs 
can have jobs because if we go back to the olden days all dogs had a job i mean marcel would have been in a field with loads of cows holding them up wouldn't he right yes he's so corgis being uh, both breeds of corgis because they are actually two breeds being working dogs and cattle herders um yeah so they're working dogs and i feel like even nowadays again people i guess humanizing them or seeing them as I don't know how to explain that, but anyway, they, they do, uh, originally, there were a lot of them were working, and so they need a job, and that job can be being a therapy dog, having something to do at home. It doesn't need to be working, working, but they need to, it just keeps them busy, because keeping their mind busy is just as important as keeping them physically busy, <laughs> exercised. Um, it's probably actually even, even more important as the dog is, like Marcel, is getting older because they can't do as much physically, but they can still, you know, stimulate their mental, their, their, mm. their brains. And um, so it's, it's very important. And I love that aspect of like just showing that they are still working. A lot of them are still working, need a job or... And it's just a great thing to share with your dog. So it's almost like, you know, a hobby. So it's, it, it's, it's an occupation, um, an activity that you do with your dog and build that and then build memories. You could do agility or doggy dancing, but it's about practice, it's about discipline, it's about doing things regularly with your dog, for your dog together which is very important we had that we we had that conversation about how important training in general and like consistency and just repeating things with the dog is but also like you said Uh, the bonds between and I Marcel and I used to do agility when he was younger before he had his spinal um, issue and and loved it and I'm actually missing that we did a bit of it but without the high impact stuff that we can't do anymore obviously because of his back but um the bond between you it's just an amazing thing um to have you know activities together and just uh, I mean he's the one who inspired me to do my photography and everything so like it's just it's just increased that bond better better that bound so it's mm, mm, it's lovely no, no. oh I love all that I didn't know you did agility with him but that's great you know it really is it's brilliant um but you know and I love it that he's inspired your photography which isn't all about dogs now is it you do a lot of human photographs so I do I do and that's inspired by him I do a lot of uh, my, my main thing is wedding photography and family photography but I tend to uh, because of him I tend to and my love of dogs in general I tend to focus on people who love dogs so most of the couples I photograph who are getting married have dogs or love dogs uh, one of them sometimes involved with their weddings uh, when it's possible because it's not always ideal for a dog to be involved with the whole day or just parts of the day um, so yeah it's 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 he's inspired me to do that and I do so I do capture obviously I, I tend to have the the and I I Put it in a jokey way just the way I do on his social media where I say it's for dogs and they're well-behaved humans uh, <laughs> it's just to put a spin on that thing mm. about you know well-behaved dogs being welcome to places but actually most of the time the issue when there is one isn't really the dog it's mostly the human that haven't been training the dog or Um, so yeah, or the dog that has trained the human because the human <laughs> has let them do that. <laughs> But yeah, so I do my photography is based on that. I just, generally speaking, I find like people that that people who love dogs, um, 
they're decent people and who treat them like family. They're, they're decent, they're very good people usually. So I just love to, I need to have that connection in my photography as well, like I do on social media with his account. Uh, and that's very important to me. And I find that usually that connection, that connection is there when, you know, someone loves dogs and we've got things to talk about. And Yeah. Oh, no, I love that. And that does make sense completely. And I have to say, you know, you've championed social media and I'm in awe, basically. So that's something, um, you know, I hope you're going to continue. And we've had a bit of chat on social media today, which I um, thank you very much for all that. No, Aurelie, you made such a good point um, in the exhibition about, you know, rescue dogs and how they make great pets. Absolutely. So, and there, there's a bit of a cliche thing about rescue dogs being problematic dogs. They're not always. There's loads of circumstances that mean that, that those dogs are, need, are in need of a new home. Some of them have behavior issues, but it's really not the majority. And I've worked with charities, I've uh, photographed dogs for charities. Um, and I, I know for a fact Marcel comes from a breeder, but knowing what I know now, having learned what I know now, having worked and volunteered for charities, I'm definitely on the, um, I'm going to, hoping that our next one is going to be a rescue dog. And actually, even if you're very specific, want a special breeds, a lot of them are in, are in rescue. You can find uh, purebred dogs in rescues as well, if that's what you're after. And including in this country now, because there's so many dogs that are being abandoned following the pandemic and people going back to work or realizing that they are, they can be hard work. There's such a, I mean, I, I don't think I could do without a dog, but they're, they're very rewarding, but they're obviously also hard work. So, yeah. You make such a good point there that dogs are hard work, and I think that's been the problem. People have have underestimated completely how much hard work and the true commitment that a dog is. Um, And it's a worrying trend for me that dogs are accessories um which is a terrible shame but we've got a charity in common as well because you're also you've photographed wild at heart foundation haven't you for one of their calendars that's correct so a few years ago is actually in 2020 for the 2021 calendar i volunteered to photograph the hot dogs calendar which is dogs from the charity that benefits from the calendar sales wearing couture hats uh, by some very famous millionaires very talented millionaires for calendar so i volunteered to do that for the wild at heart foundation oh yeah and i've just become an ambassador for wild at heart which i'm very proud to be and i love the work that nikki's been doing over the years but it's interesting at the moment nikki hasn't isn't bringing dogs in from abroad due to the huge amount of dogs that are in rescue in the uk that that's correct so i've i've been to some events recently by the foundation and i've i've heard of this and i think this is very commendable because obviously there's dogs in need all over the world and they carry on helping those but bringing in more dogs when there are so many in need in this country who are going to be put to sleep if they don't find a new home i think it's a very commendable thing to do from a charity rather than bringing in more and adding to the issue basically absolutely and i think she's working as as partners with a lot of animal welfare agencies all over from india china Australia, Chile, the South Americas, all over to um, offer support educationally and financially as well to individual dogs, which is great. Yeah, so Aurelie, what's your New Year's resolution going to be? 
Oh, so I think I'm going to be the New Year's resolution. I don't usually have many, but if anything, I'll listen to my own advice through Marcel's social media, which is... Um, so my own advice through Marcel's social media, which I say jokingly, I often jokingly make him say that life is short, like his legs, and so to en encourage people to enjoy it more and live in the moment. And this is really something that dogs encourage you and inspire me to do, and Marcel does. So I'm going to try to do more of that, do more of what I love, um, which is likely going to involve travel, photography, and dogs. And uh, actually starting in the new year very early with that. Uh, but also just live in the moment, just, you know, enjoy those little moments in the woods, walking around with him, just letting him sniff around, even if it takes ages sometimes, because that's something they do as they're getting older. But I think if, if anything, the resolution would be to live more in the moment and make memories, yes. So Aurelie, um, all the links are going to be in the show notes, and I really would love to catch up once you're back from America. Yeah, definitely we'll do that and have, um, you know, hopefully, like I was just telling you, um, encouraging, I love to encourage people to include their dogs in their lives, in their photographs as well, but get in the photos themselves because that's very important for the memories later on um, and immediately as well, actually. And also in encourage more through social media posts and my photography, encourage more businesses to welcome dogs. So, um, yeah, I'll be Are looking we... forward to that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aurelie. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> That's our show, Mr. Binks. What did you think? Yes, I know you're excited about possibly being photographed by Aura Lee. And you're right, it is time for Woof of the Week. Please remember how important it is to capture those moments in photography so that when that day comes, you can look back and remember all of those good times. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, go on, rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcasts because it really makes a difference. Thanks again, of course, to Aurelie for joining us today and all the links are in the show notes. Thanks again to Mike, my producer, for all the music and the production as ever. What's that, Mr Binks? Yes, you're right. We will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe? because that way you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Bye.